No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the prophet Nahum predicts with great accuracy the fall of Nineveh. Her shepherds slumber, her nobles rest in the dust, and her people are scattered. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Nahum chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. If history teaches us anything, it teaches us that great civilizations do not last. They rise and fall. Behind the things that we see are forces that we cannot see. The Bible tells us that God is sovereign in the kingdoms of men. This is clearly evident in the rise and fall of the great Assyrian Empire. Nineveh was its capital, and it surpassed every other city in the ancient world for its cruelty and wickedness. But when God acted to treat Nineveh as she had treated others, nothing could save her. We continue with Nahum's burden and vision against the city of Nineveh. Nahum chapter 3. Woe to the bloody city. It is all full of lies and robbery. Its victim never departs. The noise of a whip and the noise of rattling wheels, of galloping horses, of clattering chariots, horsemen charged with bright sword and glittering spear. There is a multitude of slain, a great number of bodies, countless corpses. They stumble over the corpses. The Assyrians were world-renowned for their calculated cruelty. Walter Meyer explains in his commentary on Nahum that Nineveh earned the title the Bloody City because of her atrocious practice of cutting off hands and feet, ears and noses, gouging out eyes, lopping off heads, and then binding them to vines or heaping them up before city gates and the utter fiendishness by which captives could be impaled or flayed alive through a process in which their skin was gradually and completely removed. But that was not all, for the Assyrians were also known for their deception. We see this when King Sennacherib sent his field commander to Jerusalem in 2 Kings 18. He made great promises to the people of Judah that if they surrendered, they would eat from their own vine and fig tree and drink from their own cistern, but nothing could be further from the truth. The Assyrians would lie to nations, promising to help them and then later conquering them. They were extremely wealthy, but not by their own industry. Their industry was to steal from other nations. They stole gold and enriched themselves. They stole people and made them into slaves. Therefore, they would soon hear the crack of a whip, the noise of rattling wheels, galloping horses, and clattering chariots. The Babylonians and Medes would breach their walls and run swift chariots through the streets of Nineveh. Bright swords and glittering spears would come down hard against them, and there would be countless corpses in the streets so that they would stumble over them. The cruelty that they had shown to others would now come down on their own heads. Because of the multitude of harlotries, of the seductive harlot, the mistress of sorceries who sells nations through her harlotries and families through her sorceries. 
Assyria was an extremely idolatrous nation, so it could be that the Lord was speaking here of the harlotries of idolatry, for they had worshipped other gods rather than the true and living God. Even though they were not God's covenant people, they were still created by God in his image, but they had worshipped foolishly gods that they made with their own hands, and they led other nations astray. On the other hand, this could refer to how Assyria had seduced other nations to trust in her strength only to break her treaties and conquer those very nations. Nineveh was also known for her sorceries, witchcraft, divination, and superstitions. When people reject the truth, they open themselves up to every form of satanic deception. These Nineveh exported to the nations who imitated her. Behold, I am against you, says the Lord of hosts. I will lift your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. I will cast abominable filth upon you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. It shall come to pass that all who look upon you will flee from you and say, Nineveh is laid waste. Who will bemoan her? Where shall I seek comforters for you? God said, I am against you. Hey, if the Lord is against you, you are doomed. Now, when nations conquered other nations, they would often strip the women and ravage them. So now the Ninevites, their own skirts would be lifted over their faces and their nakedness and shame would be exposed to all. They had been admired by the world for their strength, but now God would make them filthy and deplorable, and they would become a vile spectacle. But there would be no one to mourn for Assyria when she fell. She had estranged herself from every nation so that she had no comforters and no one willing to receive her refugees. Are you better than Noaman that was situated by the river that had the waters around her, whose rampart was the sea, whose wall was the sea? Ethiopia and Egypt were her strength, and it was boundless. Put in Lubim were your helpers. Yet she was carried away. She went into captivity. Her young children also were dashed to pieces at the head of every street. They cast lots for her honorable men, and all her great men were bound in chains. So Noamon was the Hebrew name for the Egyptian city of Thebes, which was situated on the Nile River about 500 miles south of the Mediterranean. The Assyrians conquered it in 663 BC. It was similar to Nineveh in that it was on a river and it was a great city, the capital of Egypt at various times. And even though Thebes had various allies, Egypt, Ethiopia, Put, Lubim, They could not save her from the Assyrian invasion, and she was carried away. The Assyrians even took her infants and dashed them to pieces at the head of the streets. And then they cast lots for her nobles and made them slaves. Great men were bound in chains. Now, as they had done there in Thebes, it would be done to them. You also will be drunk. You will be hidden. You also will seek refuge from the enemy. All your strongholds are fig trees with ripened figs. If they are shaken, they fall into the mouth of the eater. Surely your people in your midst are women. The gates of your land are wide open for your enemies. Fire shall devour the bars 
of your gates. Nahum said that the Ninevites would be drunk and hidden. Now, they were, in fact, drunk with alcohol, but then they were also drunk figuratively in the sense that they were staggering about hiding themselves in fear. Their strongholds would become like fig trees with early ripened figs. So in the spring, the fig trees would have these ripened figs that were sweet, but all you had to do is shake the tree and they would fall. And so uh, Nahum said, all they're going to have to do is shake you and you will fall right into the mouths of the Babylonians and the Medes. Your people are women, though they had been mighty warriors. Now their hearts would melt and they would become uh, as women and lose their ability to resist. Your gates are wide open. Of course, we know that there was great rainfall in the third year of the siege that caused the Tigris River to flood. And then it washed out a significant portion of the wall. The gates then were open for the Babylonians and Medes to come in. And then they set the place on fire. Of course, uh, archaeological discoveries confirmed this, that there was uh, much ash everywhere. Draw your water for the siege. Fortify your strongholds. Go into the clay and tread the mortar. Make strong the brick kiln. There the fire will devour you. The sword will cut you off. It will eat you up like a locust. And so Nahum says, do what you can. Draw your water, fortify your strongholds. Go ahead, dig in the clay and make bricks for yourselves. Again, archaeological discoveries confirm that they did in fact seek to bolster the outer wall in the weak areas, but it would all be to no avail. The fire and the sword would consume them like a locust. Make yourself many like the locusts, Make yourself many like the swarming locusts. You have multiplied your merchants more than the stars of heaven. The locust plunders and flies away. Your commanders are like swarming locusts and your generals like great grasshoppers which camp in the hedges on a cold day. When the sun rises, they flee away and the place where they are is not known. And so, sort of a play on words, the enemy would come in like locusts, devouring, but then Nahum says, make yourself like many locusts. Even though they had many people, their merchants were like the stars of heaven, and yet just like locusts would sit on the top of the wall at night and then fly away in the morning, so their commanders would be like swarming locusts, and they would abandon the city and fly away. And history does confirm that that's exactly what happened. Your shepherds slumber, O king of Assyria. Your nobles rest in the dust. Your people are scattered on the mountains and no one gathers them. Your injury has no healing. Your wound is severe. All who hear news of you will clap their hands over you for upon whom has not your wickedness passed continually." The shepherds should have been watching. Instead, they were sleeping. The nobles rest in the dust. That's just probably a euphemism for the fact that they were now dead. Your people are scattered on the mountains. They ran away, those who could flee, but they had no place to go. Their wound was severe. Their injury could not be healed. And rather than the nations mourning over the fall of Nineveh, everyone clapped their hands in joyful glee that this terrible enemy of humanity had finally fallen, sort of like when the Third Reich fell. And by the way, so complete was the destruction of Nineveh that 
its ruins were not even discovered until the 19th century. Now, it is easy for us to look down in disgust on a city like Nineveh. We may condemn her atrocities and agree that God was justified in judging her, but do we view our own nation through the same lens? We terminate the lives of our unborn. We freely practice sexual immorality. We have embraced idolatry, Mother Earth, and Satanism rather than trusting in God. Our leaders in Washington, D.C. continue to add to our already unsustainable debt. And like the Assyrians, we think that everything will continue as it always has. We are intoxicated with our own material success while we are spiritually bankrupt. Do we really think that God judged Assyria but will not judge us? God never changes. And yet, even in the midst of judgment, God desires to show mercy to all who will trust in him. As Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. May we turn to the Lord and trust in him with all of our hearts before it is too late. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we are building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org backslash building project. That's calvarytv.org backslash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow, we will return to the book of Isaiah to prophecies against Moab, Syria, and Israel, which would soon be invaded by the Assyrians. But God also looks forward to end times. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.